0: Uh, I remember the saddest day of my life. I got a phone call at 3.30 in the morning that uh, my nephew had died, 18 years old. Just started his senior year in high school. We all gathered at my brother's house and, you know, all day we just sort of, we just sort of wept. We cried and we held each other, hugged each other. And, you know, and we, we prayed for each other even though we were still wrestling with why would God let something like this happen. And, and I don't know what kind of things you've been through, but I do know this, that we've all been through something. We've all been wounded. Two and a half years ago, I found myself falling into kind of an emotional pit uh, and the further that I fell down, the darker my world became. You know, it was, it was during that time, I remember that it, was just, it just took all my energy just to kind of get through my day, uh, my, my work as a, as a pastor. And then I'd come home and I'd crash. There just wasn't any gas left in the tank at all. And the, and the worst part was that I found myself kind of just pulling away from people. Pulling away even from my wife, Tricia. And even though I didn't want to, it's like I couldn't help it. I, could, I couldn't stop it. And it wasn't really a crisis of faith. I mean, I knew that God was there and, and, and God and I were, you know, we were, we were in, still in a good place. But there was something happening that I couldn't make quit. I, I meet with a group of pastors every month um, and we just we just listen to each other, and we eat together, and we, we care for each other, and we pray for each other. We've got a Presbyterian, two kinds of Lutherans, a former Assembly of God, and me, I'm the Methodist. And, uh, you know, and I felt like this was a safe group that I could share with them what I was going through. And it was, I'm really glad that I did. Um, you know, they, they, some of them told me they'd been through something similar in their lives, and and, they, and they, these guys prayed for me. And one of them told me uh, about and recommended a counseling center. Uh, and so I made an appointment with a therapist who also is a Christ follower. And after, you know, after several months of counseling, a little medication, uh, and the prayers of these my friends, I began to pull out of that pit. So, what I'm going to tell you now, I can say from Scripture and I can say from personal experience, we are all wounded. And we need hope and healing from Jesus and his people. I remember a a young dad uh, in a previous church who came to me and he was shaken. He was scared. He had just lost several thousand dollars uh, playing online poker, and if this was money that their family could not afford to lose. He he had already in, in a previous time uh, promised his wife that he wouldn't gamble anymore, and so he knew this was serious. This this could cost him his marriage. And so, I I listened to him. I, I and uh, you know I, I just kind of cared for him, and I we we prayed together and. He got help for his compulsive gambling, and, and, and what he learned when he got help was that what he was addicted to was the risk and the rush that he got from it, the thrill. And uh, he and his wife also got a ton of support from the friends in their church small group. I mean, they just leaned on these people, and these people were there for him. You know, just stood by them and hung with them and prayed through all of this with them and and believed in them. A couple years after that, this guy gave me his two-year medallion from Compulsive Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, It's still one of the gifts that I really treasure most that I've received as a pastor. And and, uh, he told me that whenever I want to share his story, it would be okay. But it makes me think how we, are, we don't know what somebody's going through, do we? We're all wounded, and we all need hope and healing from Jesus and from his people. Sometimes I try to imagine what it must have been like for Jesus, his followers, and how wounded they must have felt after his execution. You know, Jesus had brought them so much hope. And they came into Jerusalem that week with so much energy. His teaching brought hope, his healings brought hope, his inclusion of the outcasts brought so much hope. And then all of that hope dies on Friday afternoon. It's interesting to me that the Bible doesn't say anything about what happened on Saturday. I picture, you know, some of his followers just exploding in rage. At all the injustice of what had just happened, uh, or maybe some of them are just quietly weeping, and others are just sitting, stone-faced, in dismay. Early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene sees the tomb open and and empty. She she rushes back to the disciples and says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Now, had Jesus predicted his resurrection? Yeah. But by now, they're kind of figuring that this is a parable. Okay? Or maybe this he's referring to end times. What they know is that Jesus is dead. That's what they know. And then he appears to them and says, kind of in typical Jewish fashion, Shalom, peace be with you. And even then it seems like it's it's slow to process in their in their gears. What's, what's, what's going on? And then in John 2020, 20, they begin to see with a little bit of 2020 20 vision. Here's what it says after he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. He showed them the wounds where, the, where, where the, he had been nailed to the cross. And they, they showed, he showed him the, the, the wound in his side where a soldier had taken a spear and thrust it into him to confirm that he was dead. And those wounds, that's, that's how the disciples were sure this is Jesus. It's ironic, isn't it? that the one that, who, who can restore hope and healing is himself wounded. And isn't it ironic that the people that God uses in our lives to restore hope and heal our hearts have also been wounded. I want to show you a video of four people Uh, some of them are right here among us right now Shane Goffner Dolores Silva Greg Stolp Kay Arns each one is going to share a story of hope and healing let's watch
1: It's weird not knowing that you're missing God, because right. you know you're in this, you're in this place, and you're sad, you're dark, you don't know something's not right. Well, when I was younger, I went to church and had different things I went to as sort of like. Uh, like something that you do every week, just because you know we were just going through the motions. I didn't really know what church was, or you know, I never got taught how to pray or what like a real connection with God was. Um, so at some point, I stopped. I I just um, I kind of gave up because I wasn't getting anything out of it. I wasn't in a great place. I was you know sad, didn't have guidance. Um, I had my family offer to come to church that day since my brother was playing, and the the first time I went there was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, I I know I've heard multiple people say this before, but the first time that I went, the message was you know spot on. That's like, like exactly was what I was going through, you know? You get in there and then the message is personalized to you. Your first time there is, it seems like there's, there's nothing else that was meant to happen. Um, so, you know, after, after that, I'd go, even if my family didn't go, I'd go by myself, you know, if they were out of town or whatnot, I'd, I'd go by myself and I'd sit in the back. Uh, the first time I went there, I um, had a couple people pray for me. Um, fantastic people. I went next week by myself just because I I felt a connection there and the people that prayed for me came up to me and gave me a hug and said hi to me and you know you just feel so welcomed as in that um, people grow with you, people hurt with you and the people heal with you so when you're hurt and you have somebody there supporting you and you come back next week and they see you healing too or they see you getting better. For me, I was going there because I was hurt and I happened to find people that um, wanted to help me, wanted to help me heal uh, to kind of be a better person. Um, So I started playing music uh, off and on a little bit, uh, just sort of singing here and there. From singing at church and playing, I get so much out of that that um, just having people hear it or having people listen, um, just being able to give some sort of praise outside of myself, um, just really feels good. And to hopefully help other people do the same is really the best part of every week.
2: Well, part of my story started when we moved from Omaha, from California to Omaha, and we didn't know if we choose the correct uh, decision. Uh, when we were one month here, we got a crash, so our car didn't work anymore, and we don't have any job. So was hard to us and. After three months, I stopped on Faye was good and they were looking for somebody to work there. So I just go and apply and they give me in three days a job. <laughs> my faith grow because being on a church all the time is it's good. It's good for a person, you know. When I start working there after one year, my husband uh, day year and by my husband to work there and my daughter starts Sunday school there and doing daycare in the church too and it's when our faith is start growing because I grow up in, in another religion that I never feel I I feel so empty in myself and my husband too. I see how my daughter too is, is, my daughter is, her faith is growing up every every time. She really liked to be in the band and she was, I think, eight years old, eight years when Dana invited her to sing in the band. I'm so thankful to God because he had a plan to move us, California to Omaha and be on Faith was Good. We feel Faith was Good like a family.
3: So the uh, uh, the hardest part thus far of, of being a parent is um, having to explain and, and talk to your kid about, about cancer um, when it's their own cancer. So um, this last summer when Rafe was 14, he was having some hip pain over the springtime and through school, and doctors told him to you know, stay off for a while. And, and then July 10th, we, you know, after uh, having a full-body MRI, we uh, we called in, and and we, I knew, um, I knew what it was. And um, of course, I went and did uh, what you're not supposed to do, and I searched the internet and you know figured out exactly what the symptoms were and, and the you know where the mass was and. Um, and then, uh, then I sat him down because he had overheard the conversations that Jen had with the doctor of going to scheduling the MRI, the, the biopsy. And, and, um, and he just kind of sat there and looked at us. And I said, you know what a biopsy is, right? He goes, yeah, they're gonna take something out of me. <clears throat> and I said, you know why? Um, he said, yeah, because there's something in there that should be in there. And I said, yep. I said, there's a, you know, a chance you, you have a tumor there. You know that tumor could be. He said, "Yep, cancer." And uh, so, yeah, we had a we had a good cry in my office there in the house and um, for a little bit. And and then uh, I said, "Well, buddy, we're you know we're here for you. We're gonna get you through this and figure out what needs to take place." And uh, one of the first things we did was contact the church. And um, you yeah, know we uh, reached out to Pastor Steve and, and uh, you know, some other close friends that we had at the church and. And just the the floodgates opened when once you put <clears throat> put something in the bulletin um, you know asking for prayer, prayers and, and uh, concerns and and uh, you know boy the calls and emails and texts and, and uh, messages on Facebook and everything came came flooding it and uh, you know people coming up and you know, um, want to hug us and you know put their hands on us to pray and um you know, we're normally just in and out, you know, talking to people on a normal daily basis in church, but, um, but yeah, just the, the love was, um, uh, was amazing that came from the church. And, you know, the old, the old adage, um, uh, you know, I'll make sure to say a prayer for you, uh, type of thing, but we, we felt it. I mean, it was, it was huge. And, um, uh, you know, that for us was, was what helped keep us going and, you know, sustained us and just, Getting through day by day. This, for the both of us and for our family, has, has really been a, a faith builder. Um, you know, something that, because again, I mean, we truly do feel, uh, you know, the, the, the prayers. Um, and it's one of the, it's, it's, I mean, you can't, it's, it's nothing tangible, it's, you know, it's not a tingly sensation, but it's, it, you feel the prayer. Um, and so, and we know, you know, that it's something that, that God is there with us every single day. But if it wasn't for, you know, having that church family, um, you know, with us and through this, um, you know, this would, I don't know how we would have, you know, made it. Um, you know, Jen and I are strong, strong, you know, Christian belief. But, um, but knowing that there, that the whole church body is there um, and everybody praying with us and for us. Um, we, you know, just feel God that, that much more.
4: I had experienced death before because I'd lost both my parents. But um, when my husband died, it was just so much more devastating, so much more... Uh, I experienced grief that I didn't know was possible. It was just a different kind of grief. It was just deep and personal. His phone kept ringing. His cell phone kept ringing and I would just shout at it. He's not here. And I realized I have to go to Verizon and shut that cell phone off. And so, so I go to the store and the little guy with the notepad says, How can I help you? And I had to say those words. My husband died and I need to shut off his phone. And then what he said, what Hundreds of people had said to me was, I'm sorry for your loss. And I just stared at him. And I thought in my head, you don't even know me. You're not sorry for my loss. How can you say that? But looking back on that, I realized that was just me. That was me feeling angry. That was me feeling that denial, that loneliness. But I realized as the the days and weeks went by that I had people that were there for me through the whole thing. They were there when Tom went through years of treatment. They were there when he got really ill towards the end. And I don't remember so much their words as supporting me, but what I remember is their actions. I remember them doing things. I don't remember things they said, but I remember what they did. There was one other time during small group after Tom had passed away. And again, this sounds funny, but small group at that point was hard for me to go to because I went with Tom and I had to start going by myself. I had to drive there by myself. I had to figure out where to sit by myself. All these things you don't think about until you're by yourself. And um, again, we were sharing and talking and I I started crying and I remember I left the room but after just a very short time, one of my dear friends came out and just put my arm around, her arm around me. And again, I don't remember what she said. What I remember was that she was there. And again, I was just filled with this hope and this sense that this is gonna be okay.
0: I don't know what you may have come here looking for today, Maybe you watch these and you say, yeah, that's, that's it. Something like that in my life. Maybe you find yourself longing, longing, this deep longing for, for hope, for, for healing in your own life. And I believe that hope and healing can begin for you today. Now, the thing that I can't promise you is that you're going to walk out of here with a big enough uh, dosage of hope and healing that it's going to last you for 52 weeks until next Easter. But what I can offer you is what Shane, Dolores, Greg, and Kay have experienced, and that is community. A community of Christ where hope and healing are experienced. And you know what the thing that always amazes me about that is that it happens through such flawed people like us. I mean, that's really the miracle, isn't it? As messed up and as flawed as we are, God still is using us to bring that to each other. Despite our woundedness, at times even because of our woundedness, Jesus turns us into his channels of hope and healing for each other. I began to think, what would it be like if, if we all became his channels ho- of hope and healing for each other? You know, I think it would be, be contagious. People would find themselves inexplicably drawn into it. Hope and healing would cross boundaries of, of race, gender, age, economics. And I think, how badly does our divisive world need something like that? Inside your bulletin, when you came in, there was a, another card, which is an invitation to our Tuesday night service of, of hope and healing. It's the first one we've had. We're going to have them once a month. And uh, so I want to just personally invite you to come Uh, If if you believe God is calling you, it's going to be upstairs in our chapel. We're going to have some simple printed prayers, and we'll receive communion. There will be a time to bring your own uh, personal prayers to God, either silently or out loud. And And you'll also have the opportunity, if you wish, to ask a member of our prayer team to pray for you or to pray for someone you're concerned about. Now, if you would, take the other card, the one that was passed down. It has has a couple of questions there printed in red. Who are you asking God to bring hope and healing? Excuse me, where are you asking God to bring hope and healing in your life? And who else are you asking God to bring hope and healing to in their life? So what I invite you to do right now is just take a little time think about this jot something down maybe something will come right away maybe you'll have to to think for a moment and on the second question you know on either one of no names are necessary and on the second question you might just say something like my neighbor following her divorce my brother who's angry at God a co-worker going through chemo so you can just kind of instead of saying the name of the person just sort of say their situation And I want you to know that when we collect all these prayers, these cards, on Tuesday night at our prayer, our service of hope and healing, we're going to spread those out on the altar there in the chapel, pray over them, and then each request will also go uh, with a member of the prayer team, who will take them home, take some home, and pray for them. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give you a minute now to pray, or choose me to write down what you want. Okay, take a minute. while you continue to fill that out let me just say a few other things if, if you're thinking okay I, I want to take a step in the direction of this kind of community in Christ that I've just seen these four people what it's done for them what can I do well maybe a first step out in the foyer next to the elevator is the connection center you'll find somebody to talk to um, you can take home the bulletin And find ways that you can kind of plug in. Maybe things that will will connect with you. And, as Donna talked about earlier, you can come to my faith link lunch. It will be in two weeks on the 15th. And uh, we invite newcomers just to come and explore a little bit. Be a, a next step. And no matter where you are in your faith, no matter where you are in your life and what's going on, we know this. We are all wounded. And we need hope We need healing from Jesus and from his people. So what I want to do right now is lead us in a prayer and uh, you can use the prayer that I'm praying as your own prayer or sort of modify it in your your own heart as we pray. Let's, Let's pray now. Savior Jesus, I'm one of the wounded and I am longing for hope and for healing in my life. Lord, I need what only you can give. Forgive me of my wrongs. Set me free from my chains. Give me healing from my past and hope for my future. And I ask that you surround me with your people to be your channels of hope and healing in my life and then Lord use me that I can be a channel a source of of hope and healing in their lives we pray in your name Amen